Our scripture this morning, continuing our series, uh, summertime series. Scripture this morning comes from Genesis, the first chapter, verses 24 through 31. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish, the sea, and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit and you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I've given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed was very good. There was evening, and there was day, morning, the sixth day. That is God's word for us. This morning. It may be uh, somewhat of a disappointment to some people, anyway, that on this sixth day of of creation, as it's described in Genesis, uh, human beings have to share the day with other things that God has created. But let not your hearts be troubled, because God has something about us to say that's distinct. We are created in God's image. In the very image of God, God has created. So God speaks to human creatures, and in verse 29, the verses that we just read, twice addresses them, addresses you, as you, speaks to you. In that speaking, God says that we have a special relationship, a different kind of relationship with God, an intimate relationship with the Creator. We are the ones to whom God has made an intense commitment by speaking. By talking to us. 
And in that speaking, he has given us great freedom. Great freedom to respond. Not only to God, but to respond to the responsibility, to the freedom that God has given us as his creation over creation. To be stewards. Genesis talks about dominion, being in charge of. But in this image of God in which we are created with the mandate of power and the responsibility that we have, dominion, being in charge, so to speak, does not have anything to do with exploitation or abuse. A Christian understanding of dominion must be discerned in the way of Jesus. So Jesus said in Mark, the 10th chapter, verses 43 and 44, speaking to the disciples after the disciples, John and James in particular, were saying, were asking the question, well, who's in charge? Who gets to be finally... Uh, you know, in charge of all the rest of these, these folks, these disciples and these followers. Who gets to be in charge? And Jesus says, you're not going to rule, you're not going to lord over other people. And he says in verse 43, it's not so among you. You're not going to operate as having uh, power that will enable you to exploit, to uh, dominate somebody else. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be the servant, slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The one who rules is the one who serves. The one who has dominion is the one who serves. Lordship means servanthood. The human person is ordained, is given charge over God's creation, but it's uh, for its profit, for the good of creation, its well-being and enhancement. And therefore, we hear this text in Genesis in terms of Jesus who's confessed as the very image of God. So, if we look at Colossians, the very first chapter, and read verse 15 in that chapter, we hear these words. Talking about Jesus, he's the image of, the very imprint, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and and on earth were created, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. We're created to serve. And in the image, remembering the image of Jesus, the one who came to serve, the one who reveals God to us, we hear 
Paul speak these words from Philippians, the second chapter, talking about Jesus. If there then is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete, he says to the church, to us. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, the very image of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, as something to be exploited. The key mark of Jesus in the image of God is that he did not grasp after equality with God but became obedient. The words that are recounted in Philippians, although Paul writes them, these are words that were already familiar to the church. These were words that were not original to Paul. He's not the one that you know, thought of them and wrote them down. They were already in existence. It would be like if I... Uh, wrote a letter to the church, pastoral letter, or put a newsletter article in the newsletter. And, and I wrote, as part of that article, I wrote the words to the doxology, something that we sing every single Sunday here. And I wrote that down. You'd know immediately what those words were. You'd remember them. And this word that Paul gives the church about Jesus Christ, they already knew these words about Jesus, the Son of God, the imprint, the image of God. It's something they sung routinely. We're very aware of. So Paul's simply reminding them, this key mark of Jesus as the image of God, that he didn't grasp after power, And following Jesus, you know, here in the Christian church, Disciples of Christ, we make, I mean, in our name, we make one of the most awesome claims that any denomination in the United States can make about itself. Because we claim that we're disciples of Christ. A disciple is a follower. A disciple is one who wants to learn, one who wants to be taught, one who wants to hear a word of grace and obedience from the Master. And that's what we call ourselves. We're we're the church. We're disciples of Christ. We're followers. Well, Jesus' example is we do not grasp We don't grasp after power. Grasping power cannot create. 
grasping power cannot enhance creation. So, when we do that, when we cease to become stewards, people who look after God's creation, partners with God, people who are children of God, created in God's image, when we assume power over that which we are supposed to serve and to take care of, when we assume power over that, we do stuff like mountaintopping. Uh, we've seen, uh, Nancy and I have seen examples of that from time to time when we're riding uh, over toward the East Coast and riding through, through West Virginia. We have the power, humankind, to, to take the top off of mountains for no better reason than if we take the top off the mountain, it makes it easier for us to get what's inside the mountain without regard to what that might be doing to everything around that particular mountain, the water, the people who live there. That, that, that is uh, amazing to me that we can make, and we do make, machines that, that can take the tops off of mountains, take, remove the entire top. It's in our, it's in our way. We don't, uh, you know, it, it's, it's impeding us from doing what we want to do. So we'll just take it off. And it's gone. Grasping after power. You know, one thing to me uh, that should be obvious to, to everybody that, that as people created in the image of God, people who are stewards of God's creation, that, that we need to take care of the water that we have and the air that we breathe. All of us are here breathing air right now. All of us will expect sometime today that we want a glass of water. We will be able to get it and it will be drinkable. And that we ought to, without any argument among us, take care of, of those things. But yet we have the power to destroy those things. We have the power. Some of you will remember a few years ago, a decade maybe or so, a decade or more ago, when the Cuyahoga River just outside of Cleveland, right in Cleveland, caught on fire. The river caught on fire. Because it was so polluted. Now, thank God it's, it's cleaned up considerably from, from that day. But to think that we have that kind of power. We can build buildings a thousand or more feet up in the air. And here's the crazy thing. Demonstrating our power to do that. We can also pollute the air to such an extent that we can't see where the tops of the buildings are. It's too much small. The air's too dirty. Now God says to us, engines, you are the image of God. You're created in that image. Jesus reveals to us very clearly what that image means says in Hebrews, the very first chapter, the writer of Hebrews says, uh, Jesus is the very imprint. In this day, you have this revelation of who God is given to us. 
And so, as folks who are followers, disciples of Christ, servants, we have a responsibility to use the power that God has given us in a way that enhances, not destroys. Take care of the things that God has given us. Grasping for power, as you could see later in Genesis 2 and 3, it leads to death. You remember uh, Adam and Eve's original sin was to be like God. And then Cain and Abel, you know, got into a little dispute about uh, who was uh, most favored and cost Abel his life, grasping after power. See, we're the only species, and oh, by the way, we're the only species created in the image of God. We're the only species that have created a way to destroy ourselves and all of God's creation. We have the power to do that. It's a striking feature of Jesus that he did not look after his own interest, but always to the interest of others. And we are called upon to do the same, to look after each other, to look after the creation that God has given us. So Jesus reveals a new disclosure, as I mentioned in Hebrews 1, A new disclosure of who God is. Jesus reveals God to us. And also he embodies a call for a new humanity. A new new community. So in Ephesians 4, verse 22 through 24, that uh, creation is described or that new community is described. You were taught to put away your former self, your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by lust, the grasp for power, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with a new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. To seek that, particularly as people who call themselves disciples of Christ, The idea of the image of God in Genesis, this very first chapter, in these verses that we read, 26 through 29 particularly, the idea of the image of God and in Jesus Christ is an explicit call, it's an obvious call to form to us to form a new kind of human community in which the members, in which we, the members, after the manner of the graciousness of God, are attentive to God's creation. His spacious skies and his amber waves of grain. And are attentive to each other. Embracing each other. As the new creation we're called to be in Jesus Christ as disciples, 
embracing that image, embracing who God has called us to be through Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And doing that in everything that we can say and everything that we can do and everything that we are. Looking to Jesus, always Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the uh, trust that you have in us and the power that you've given us and the freedom that you've given us and the responsibility that you've given us to be your people and to be uh, in the likeness, have the very mind of Christ in everything that we are. So, Lord, we pray for wisdom, for strength to do the things that we know you would have us to do, to care for each other, to care for your creation, to love each other as you have loved us. God, give us the strength to do that. Give us the peace where we can't find peace. And give us the strength to... uh, to be your people. In Jesus' name, amen.